watching it. I just keep missing it. morning, St. Michael's, please stand. Dear Lord, we're just so thankful for your presence here. And Lord, we come in expectation this morning of the things that you are going to do today, that you're going to do this week, and that you're already doing, Lord. And we're just so grateful to be here to worship you. In your name we pray.
Man, I, I hope you're having a great Easter season. I, I am. I'm just, uh, I'm just so excited <laughs> to be alive. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you need to continually meditate on what Christ has done for you. And it's just like mind blowing. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Almighty God, you all hearts are open and all desires known. And from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Oh uh-huh. 
prayed together the Colette. Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life, grant us so perfectly to know your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may steadfastly follow his steps in the way that leads to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Our first reading this morning comes from Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask of you, whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azostus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. The word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 22. We'll read beginning in verse 25, responding by the asterisk. My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will my the poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. 
for the kingdom is the Lord's. All the prosperous of the earth all those who go down to the dust shall bow before him. A posterity shall serve. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now, will be forever. Our second lesson is from 1 John chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. John, chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, 
bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. And they, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. Our collect this morning was Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life. That about says it, doesn't it? <laughs> There's a... I, I think for some of the people that certainly we study in Scripture and some, some of the great uh, people that have gone before us, there's such an amazing example, and I think that so many of them experienced a very thin transition. That the veil was very, very thin, and going in, it was, I don't want to say it was a letdown, but it wasn't this great, uh, oh, I'm shocked. But, but I think there was a familiarity that they had so much with Christ and in their relationship. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, is just to continue to encourage you to foster that relationship, to know him, and to know him more, to truly know God that brings us this everlasting life. You know, I've had the experience of meeting some pretty uh, famous people famous in the world's eyes, I think famous in the Lord's eyes. And there was such a, at least my humble opinion, there was such a aura about them just being in their presence. Uh, just, it really brought me a wonderful example of what I think it might be to be Christ-like. Uh, A.W. Rasmussen was one of those people. Justice Duplessis, some of these older men that uh, were from other centuries that had such a tremendous influence when they were alive and active in their ministry. It's, it just seems as you uh, go around, particularly to the a lot of the Protestant churches that you you don't see the depth in spirituality that certainly that I'm seeking and, and I encourage you to seek. Our Lenten season, like most, was spent with me uh, berating you about pressing in to develop a more personal relationship with him. And I, I think it's, I'm driven, it's 
so vastly important because it's only in those kind of relationships that love flourishes. And that's really what the the, the signature uh, reading this morning, which I'm using, the which was our second reading in First John, was about love and understanding love. And that a relationship with the Lord, how could it possibly be built if you didn't love him? And so my encouragement is continually to try and love him more. To deal with that relationship just like you in any secular relationship you have. You know that I love you. Jesus tells his friend Peter. And he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I do. And what was Jesus' response? Well, his response was he asked him a third time. Simon, son of John, do you love me? And so... He's denoting a love that's not trite, but a love that's deep and affectionate. No greater love hath any man that he lay down his life in demonstration of this love, the Scripture tells us. Any of you who who weathered the storms of rubbing together in marriage for 52 years, like Karen and I have, or in growing and developing children through teenage years, like Karen and I have, you understand that love is work. While God instills in us a natural love for that which we create, our children, or acquire our spouses. We won't keep that relationship the same unless we foster it and we build it. That applies to any relationship, man or animal for that matter. And with that in mind, I add, I think that we want our love for God to transcend all earthly relationships. <laughs> that makes sense. That's a rational conclusion. But do we approach it with that understanding? Like, wow. Maybe I need to work this and develop this. You know, you get out of something what you put into it. God gave you your life, and it's God who maintains it. He's an important figure, therefore, in your life. And if he's not, he needs to be. And maybe we should all 
continually remind ourselves of that and just ask the Lord to create ways for us to foster and work on that relationship. You know, God is funny in that sense. It stands at the door and he knocks, but he won't break it down. <laughs> that I think one of the reasons it has such meaning to me is because of my past background as a policeman where I would knock it down. <laughs> but uh, he won't. All the authority in heaven and earth, and yet his M.O. is patience. He patiently waits for our reception of him in a greater and greater way. We owe our families, especially our parents, so much for the work and the sacrifice that they have made in our lives. But how much more him who designed, created, and develops us. He that watches out for us, goes before us, deals with our enemies. He who assures our passage through this life. Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life, we prayed, grant us so perfectly to know your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may steadfastly follow his steps in the way that leads to eternal life, You know, and even in our prayers, we call and we stand on Jesus and what he's done for us. The whole system is designed that way. But what we sometimes forget and what the enemy really, really is uh, devoted to convincing us of is that it's uh, some kind of one-way street. What other relationship is like that? See, but by, by the very definition of relationship, there's this uh, definitive denotation that there's two parts, just one. Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life, we see that in those examples that I cited earlier, those men and women that have gone before us, that somehow they got that and they even obtained more than the understanding of it, but began integrating in their lives. We pray, grant so perfectly to know. <coughs> and we see in those examples those who did, those who do. And it seems that they're 
not only understanding, but their, for those who are still living, their present relationship seems to be at least slightly different than ours. You know what I mean, Phil? What am I doing here? Why would we strive to serve the living God any less than we would an employer? Or someone other who's been giving authority of us? A teacher in school, a mentor. No, that makes no sense at all. That's crazy. And so, often, however, I look and I see people, maybe even occasionally myself, pressing hard in their direction to please or seek approval or get uh, checked off or of things much less important and certainly much less well I'll just say uh, important than our relationship with the living God you just have to sit around and listen to people and as they talk about some things to kind of find out where they're where those lines are and where those commitments are Like, well, you know, it's it's cold today. It's really cold and miserable. I don't know if that sun's going to come out. Yeah, I don't know if I'll I don't know if I'll go to church today. <laughs> well, I said I'll go, and the sun came out, <laughs> and the sun, the most important sun, will come out for you too. If you make that commitment to go. I don't know if this is making any sense at all. But all I know is what we prayed, and I just, the Lord goes, Doug, what did you pray? And that was my dialogue this morning that changed my whole message today. And I thought, well, what do you mean? I prayed. Well, is that what you're going to do? You understand and you confess that truly to know is to enter in now to everlasting life with Him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Even in our prayers, we stand on this understanding that we rely on Him. It's His relationship that made me different. And far more of the breaks I get are a result of Him and that relationship than anything I do or my smarts, intelligence, or manipulation. 
And so they, this little discourse goes on in Scripture between Jesus and Peter. They just finished breakfast, and Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He's, t- he's talking about love, whatever that is. But what is that? He said to him, yes, you know that I love you. It's a deep personal affection. As a close friend, perhaps. And Jesus said to him, shepherd my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved. He was grieved that he asked him a third time. Now you gotta have, you gotta understand this conversation happened after after the denial, after the betrayal, after the resurrections. Okay? And so Peter's struggling, having a few problems. <laughs> is he going to hang this over my head? Is it now? Is he getting ready to, to cut my head off here? Has he forgiven me? Have I lost all favor with him? No, this is the same Peter he's going to give the challenge to and send out to save the whole world for Jesus. Peter was grieved that he'd asked him a third time, do you really love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. Smart. Good comment. You know that I love you. Right? (laughs) And Jesus said to him, now imagine he's speaking to you. And here we are. What is Jesus going to say? Of course I love you, Peter. I've completely forgiven you. What's past is past. No. He gives him everything he needs and the mandate to serve others. Because the love of Jesus Christ for Jesus Christ is manifest in his brothers and his sisters and our relationship with each other. Now, I'm not going to say it has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with him. But he says, if you love me, feed my sheep. And he's, he's having this uh, asked three times because he's really delving into a deepness in that love. And what the deepness is, is also in the purpose of love more than just what it is.
He actually changes the word too. In uh, John twenty-one fifteen, where he asked him, and Peter responds. He's using a a different word for love, which uh, is meaningful and affectionate. Where Jesus is, the word is astonishing. This huge love, this depth that we're seeking in our own life towards Him. But before Christ would commit His sheep to Peter's care, to your care, to my care, He must be assured. He must ask him. He asked him three times. Loveth thou me? In the King James. Because to love Christ, because Christ has such a tender regard for his flock, that he'll not trust it with any but those who love him and therefore will love all that is his dominion. That means we must love our fellow man. Now, I don't know about you, Christ sees no difference here. We're all the same to him. And I think we need to spend this time reminding ourselves of this. And it's great importance because we must come to grip with the facts. See, those who do not truly love Christ will never truly love the souls of men. Or will they naturally care for the state of others? Nor will that worker for Christ ever really love his work if he doesn't love his master. Nothing but the love of God will adequately motivate us, those in the ministry, you, to go cheerfully through the difficulties and the discouragements they meet in their work. But I reminded myself at the conclusion of this conversation with the Lord this morning, but this love for my Lord that manifests in my loving you 
is what brings me the fulfillment and satisfaction of my life. Nothing but the love of Christ can adequately motivate us in our ministry to go cheerfully forward. No. What makes it easy, listen to me, what makes it easy, what makes our burden light is to learn to love each other. And so I'm going to encourage you to start practicing. We just got a new neighbor. Boy, what an opportunity. We're practicing loving our neighbor. First few encounters weren't, didn't go as well as I'd hoped. Hey. But I'm looking forward to uh, having a long, long, wonderful relationship, setting an example as Christ would do it, turning the other cheek when necessary. that I might demonstrate and manifest this love I claim to possess for the Lord. Because it all seems to, whether you like it or not, it all seems to come out in how we manifest that love to our fellow man. And let me just tell you something. In this day and age, in this volatile environment we're living in, where we got so many enemies that we don't even know who our enemies are, you have got to really hang on to that You've got to see that line drawn clearly because to manifest and be motivated to strive to serve your fellow man in all their appearances, in all their circumstances. A lot of them are trying to burn our cities, our homes down. You're supposed to love them too. Very, very trying times. But these are the best of times. These are the best of times for us just to do the simple things of peacemakers, ambassadors, ambassadors for Christ. Amen? Please stand. We'll continue with the prayers of the people. your holy catholic church grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you we pray for all bishops priests and deacons 
We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. Give to the to the departed eternal rest. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. This we ask in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our shortcomings, our sins, and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart, and I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution, remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of His Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And with your spirit. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace. Well, I want to uh, especially uh, recognize and thank all of the uh, men of the church who came out yesterday and worked so hard for me (laughs) to uh, clean up this place. And uh, I I just, I can't thank you enough, you know. (laughs) I used to come, but for about the last three or four years, they won't let me do anything, and then you feel like an old, used, worn out, and so I don't uh, come, but don't think I'm not with you in spirit, and uh, so very, very thankful. Those are the kind of things that will create and continue in us the family and the people of God. And uh, I, just, I can't encourage you enough to, uh, to do those things. But, boy, I tell you, they, uh, all you got to do is look at Lewis's sunburn, and you know we got our money's worth. <laughs> so thank you uh, very much for that. Yeah. No, it was very good. Uh, we made some clear battle lines down there. <laughs> And uh, took a lot of the a lot of the plants out. So yeah, thank you everybody who came and helped. Uh, the main upcoming event that we have is the the women's meeting, and it's at seven o'clock this Friday. Uh, 
I was just as a, as you were preaching, I was thinking about it. You need to come, even though this isn't a, it's not a women's retreat, but it's at a different time. It's on a Friday night. It's out of the ordinary. You're setting this time aside. Be expecting that God's going to speak to you if you come to that. Uh, just just come with an expectation in your heart because He can move when you come and you set aside a special time to do stuff with Him. Special things happen. Amen. Amen. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name, but do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
just don't forget I'm the main act here, okay? <laughs> well, you guys are killing it. Praise be to God. What a great worship team. See, they got the heart. They got the heart for it. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give us thanks and praise. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. We praise you with greater joy than ever on this Easter season when Christ became our paschal sacrifice. He's the true Lamb who took away the sins of the world. By dying, he destroyed death. And by rising, he restored our life. So with all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory. We join with their unending hymn of praise. Spirit come upon these gifts to make them holy, so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he's given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread, he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Later, when supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks and praise. He gave it to them, and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. <coughs> Let us proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world and make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, and 
all of the clergy. Especially remember those who are sick or infirmed in spirit, soul, or body. <coughs> we hold up to stay Connie and Susan and Carl and Serena, Naomi, Nadia, Kyle, Sonja, Maria, Sandra and Karen and Tammy and Kyla, Jason, the Lepner family, Morgan, Scott, David, Gavin, Luke, Sam, Jean, and the Marines, Camp Pennington. Draw our hearts and remember the poor and broken, and as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all, make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles and the martyrs and all the saints who have gone before us. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him and the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours. Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father. and We have courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them to remembrance that Christ died for you. Feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. With Christ.
be sure you're here Friday night and bring your young daughters, your teenage daughters. Um, you know, I think it's in Timothy where God says the old women should teach the younger women. And, you know, I think especially our teenagers uh, need a lot of encouragement. So bring your daughters. It's going to be a great night. See you then. So since we don't have any older women, I guess you middle-aged women are going to have to do it. Eternal <laughs> God, Heavenly Father, you graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle to be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking ruin of our souls. Remember the gospel, God was in Christ Jesus reconciling. Reconciling the world himself, not counting men's sins against them. And he loves us. He's forgiven us. Not mad at us. And he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you. And may we always. Amen. And the lies I once believed, they crumble. And I will trust you in the promise.